Hello, it's Pastor Malcolm here with the service for Sunday the 21st of August. Today we continue our series on some key Hebrew words in the Old Testament. Today's Hebrew word is Kadosh, which means holy. Let's read Psalm 99, which declares the holiness of God. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion, he is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name, he is holy. The king is mighty, he loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Let's pray. Almighty God, we come before you and we know that you are a holy God. You are a unique God. There is none that compares with you. You are the one that brought the world into being. You are the one who called Israel to be a people devoted to you and to be a blessing to all other nations in the world. You are the God who gave them commands and the covenant. And you are the God when they fell from you, when they sinned and they wandered far from you. You are the God who called them back. We thank you that today, Lord, you have come to us in Christ, that Christ has given of his life for us, that we may be set free, that we might be forgiven our sins and reconciled with you. Oh, Father God, I pray that as we seek to walk with you day by day, come, fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would praise you, not just with our lips, but we would praise you from our hearts. Oh, Lord, we love you. We, we, we express our love and our devotion to you because, Lord, where else can we turn? You have the words of eternal life. And so, Lord, we want to thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We thank you for your provision in our daily lives. Lord, when we look around the world today, we see conflict. And, Lord, we pray that you would raise up those who, the hands of peace, the people, the voices of those who are seeking to make peace in our world. But Lord, your word says, blessed are the peacemakers. And Father God, where there is famine, may they have food. Where there is needs, where there are floods, Lord, we just pray that they would find relief. Lord, where there is corruption and corrupt government, we pray for truth and for people in power to work for the good of those, uh, even the poorest in their countries. So, Father God, we pray for our world and we thank you, Lord, that we the world is in your hands. We thank you, O oh God, that our lives are in your hands. So come, Lord, we come before you with our needs. And, Lord, the things we are worrying about this week to come ahead. And we pray, Lord, that we would know your peace in our lives, the peace that passeth all understanding. So, Father God, as we read your word, as we seek to learn of you, be our teacher today. 
Come by your Holy Spirit and help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to listen to Gloria and then we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. Create in me a clean heart and purify me, purify me. Create in me a clean heart that I may worship Thee. Create in me a clean heart and purify me, purify me. Create in me a clean heart so I may worship Thee. Cast me not away from thy presence please don't take your spirit from me restore the joy of salvation so that i may worship thee isaiah 6 1 to 8 in the year that king Isaiah died I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Amen. We thank God for his word and pray that by the Holy Spirit we would learn uh, what God wants to teach to us today through his word. So today, the, the Hebrew word that we're thinking of is kadosh, which means holy, kadosh. When we talk about the holiness, the kadosh of God, we, we need to pause and think, what do we mean by the word holy? What is holiness? Often we think of it as meaning pure, without any sin, and that is, is right. But when we talk about God being holy, being kadosh, we mean much more than that when we read in the Bible we find that the Bible gives us a much greater vision of the holiness of God. In Isaiah's vision, he sees the seraphim, these heavenly creatures, and they're flying around and singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. What a fantastic vision. Just imagine, 
you know, this the the God who he just uh, embraces in in splendor and amazement. He's just dazzled by what he sees in the vision, and then this sense that even to the ends of the earth. The glory of God is revealed. What do we mean by the glory of God? The goodness, the character, the the activity of God is evident around us. You know, the Apostle Paul said this in Romans 1, I think it is, where he says, you know, people are without excuse for not knowing God. Because if you look around, you see the evidence of God in his creation. So Isaiah has this fantastic vision of God. It's overwhelming. It reveals God in this startling, dazzling way. And we know that the temple was a place of God's presence, where you had to wash your hands before entering. You had to purify yourself, because otherwise you could be overcome and you could be struck down. The temple was the holy place, and within it was the most holy place. If you breached the commands, you could die. But there was something overwhelmingly powerful about the presence of God. It's described as the holiness of God, the kadosh of God. So for an example, think of the sun. The sun is incredibly powerful and bright. And the sun is a wonderful thing, a good thing. We have the sun and it brings light to us and it causes food to grow so that we can eat and so on. Without the sun, there would be no life on earth. But if we were to travel towards the sun in a spaceship, what would happen? Well, as we got closer and closer, we get hotter and hotter. And eventually we would burn up because it is so powerful. And in a similar way, as we come into the presence of God, we can be consumed by it. We can burn up because the overwhelming holiness of God over against the sinfulness of humanity means that how can we approach him? How can we possibly step into his presence? You remember when Moses saw the burning bush and, and he had to take off his sandals because the, the the ground where he was standing was holy ground because the presence of God was there. If he didn't step forward respectfully, he could be uh, consumed, destroyed right in, in, in that moment. But he takes off his shoes and he's ready to hear from God. He opens his heart to God in that uh, before that burning bush. So coming back to Isaiah 6, we see that, you know, Isaiah thought he was going to die. Here he was in God's presence, yet he is a sinner. So he says, I am a sinner and I live amongst a nation of sinners. He's like Fraser, if you remember, those of you who remember Dad's army, when he would go around saying, doomed, we doomed, we're all doomed. And Isaiah was a bit like that. As he saw himself caught up in the presence of God, it was overwhelming. He said, but I'm a sinner and I, and I'm, I belong to a people who have all sinned and, and there's no hope for me. Surely this, the presence of God, I will just be destroyed and consumed. Because sin cannot... Um, enter the presence of God, of a holy God. But what is amazing in the midst of this vision is that a seraphim takes a live burning coal and touches Isaiah's lips with it. And the seraphim says, your guilt is taken away and your sins are atoned for. This is fantastic. This is gospel. This is good news. His fear, Isaiah's fear of being swamped by God's holiness to the point of being destroyed, 
Um, instead, he's overcome by and overwhelmed by God's love and forgiveness that reaches out towards him. Instead of the sinner Isaiah defiling the most holy place, the holiness of God purified Isaiah and cleansed him and set him free to love and serve God. That's a fantastic thing. We see this in the life of Jesus in Matthew 8. We read about Jesus healing the leper. So in Matthew 8, verse 1, 2 uh, and 3, we read, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. You see, in Jesus' time, nobody would have wanted to touch a leper for fear of catching that infectious disease for which they had no cure. But notice what the Bible says. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Jesus is doing something very deliberate there in front of people. He's saying um, that as he touched him, instead of that leprosy infecting Jesus, this man is made clean. The thing that kept him away from people and away from God's presence is leprosy. Because he wouldn't have been allowed to go into the temple. He was defiled because of his infectious disease. But he was healed through Christ. Not just physically healed, but cleansed. Jesus is like that hot coal in Isaiah. When we come and confess our sin, Jesus heals us, takes away our sin and makes us clean. He sets us free from our fear of sin and shame and cleanses us so that we can come into God's presence with joy. So the scriptures call us to be holy, kadosh, like God is holy. We read this in Leviticus 11 verse 45 where it says, Be holy as I am holy. And it's quoted again in 1 Peter 1.16. Holiness reflects the beauty, the purity, the love, the life, the faithfulness of God. We are called to be holy like God because that's the best we can be. This is the best kind of life we can live. But more than that, it's the only kind of life we can live if we reject God's holiness. If we reject God, then what hope is there for us? We will be separated from him for eternity. That's a scary thing. We will be like the spaceship heading into the sun and be consumed. We cannot draw near to God and we will uh, and, and separated. Uh, uh, we cannot draw near to God, and we will be separated from Him for eternity, if we do not uh, come as Isaiah came and confess our sins, and be touched, and cleansed, and purified through Christ. We can't enter God's presence still captive to our sins and our sinfulness. We need to be made clean as Isaiah was made clean. We need the touch of Jesus in our life and the forgiveness and cleansing that can only come through his death and resurrection. He died for our sins. He sets us free to love and serve him. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had, when you lived in ignorance, he means by that, before you became a Christian, before you came to know Christ. But just as he who called you is holy, so you be holy in all you do. Be set apart, be different, because that's what you are called to 
as Christ's followers. It is written, be holy because I am holy. This is the practical outworking of being kadosh, being holy as God is holy. What is there in your life that you need to repent of? What is there that you need to say no to? And we're not doing it in our own strength. For God gives us the Holy Spirit, the Kadosh, Spirit of God, to fill us, to change us, to enable us to grow up into being the holy people that God calls us to be. The Holy Spirit is our helper and the one who helps to transform us into the holiness of God. Amen. May the, through the many words of the preacher, God's word, reach your heart and bring transformation to your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to listen to Glory again, and then I'm going to come back and just pray to close. Create in me a clean heart and purify me. Purify me, create in me a clean heart that I may worship Thee. Cast me not away from Thy presence, please don't take Your Spirit from me. Restore the joy of salvation, that I may worship Thee. Create in me a clean heart and purify me, purify me. Create in me a clean heart that I may worship Thee so that I may worship thee so that i may worship thee let us pray today lord i praise you for your holiness you are perfect without compare and i pledge myself today to be holy kadosh as you are holy Lord, I confess my sins and I thank you for the gift of forgiveness through Christ. I pray, come Holy Spirit, cleanse me, renew me, set me free to love and serve you. Come breath of God, refresh and renew me. I worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. And let's say the grace together. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. Amen. <laughs>